We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. favorite optimal-ish stack and give me something off the wall yeah i would say for optimal you know looking at that um you know kind of looking at that dallas game there i would say that's probably more optimal like that game environment a lot but probably my favorite stack and, and i forgot to mention this guy for receiver but i love i love burrow i love the cincinnati green bay game um jamar chase um probably one of my favorite plays too forgot to forgot to mention him but that's that's probably one of my um, favorite GPP stacks on the slate. I think, yeah, the chalk is going to condense for cash plays, Madison and Henry. Um, they're, they're great plays. Um, you know, Madison, yeah, he's just going to get the ball a ton. And it's a great matchup for him. So I like those plays a lot, but I think there's going to be a ton of ways to get a little bit contrarian um, for running back. I'll also mention Damian Williams in particular on FanDuel. He's priced so low. So I think he makes a good cash play over there as well. Um, you know, at 5,800, just way too cheap for some value plays. I think uh, 
uh, Tony for the um, for the Giants. I think he's going to carry some ownership. He's priced pretty cheap. Mike Gesicki, um, we talked about Parker being out. I think there's even some more targets available for him in that game. Christy. All right, listen up, Roto-Grinders. It's the Ownership Report, week number six, National Football League DFS. My name is Chris Cimino, projected ownership analyst here at Roto-Grinders, and joining me to go over the projected popularity of the week six slate is Dan Gasper, Mr. Tuttle 05. Tuttle, we've got news. We've got Kareem Hunt. We've got Chalk. Are you ready to deal with it? The bye weeks are here. The ownership numbers are starting to creep up on some of the chalkiest players. It's really starting to get gritty out there in terms of how we're going to handle tournaments in National Football League DFS. Uh, give, give me the overview. What's what's the 10,000 foot view here for week six? I have not seen a player with this high of projected ownership. Um, certainly this this season. I don't know if I ever have. Um, is this the highest you've projected somebody, Kareem Hunt? No, and I'm and you know, and there's some chance that I'll take it down. It depends. You know, the 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 reason it's so high right now is because he's projecting on a raw fantasy points basis so much better than basically everyone else in his general vicinity, and he just just works in the lineup right but yeah. no there's Devonte booker week if you recall many years ago i think he had like a 60 percent projected ownership share and there's been some pretty big ones uh probably should have had alexander madison up there last week he and he came in just massively owned and yeah. you know, one of the influences here for how high we've got kareem hunt week number six but yeah so basically what you're saying here is that uh you're not really used to seeing this kind of number on somebody and it's kind of throwing you for a loop yeah and the other thing I noticed too and I mean rightfully so but we had kind of trended towards at the beginning of the season where we were using wide receiver a lot in the flex right and now we can clearly see just based on ownership projections that it's going to be a three running back week for a lot of lineup builds so that's a that's an interesting note um, if you think some of these higher owned uh, cheaper guys at the running back position may not be that great of plays it's, it's probably a good week to to go out and flex a wide receiver just to get a little bit different Let's start the week here talking about quarterback like we always do. And to me, unlike the other weeks, I think there is a standout on DraftKings, at least as far as projected ownership is concerned. And I think it's Lamar Jackson. And I think the reason for that is not just the big game that he had coming off of last week, but also just because he is one of the highest projected plays, uh, significantly cheaper than Patrick Mahomes. And really anyone else below Jackson and Mahomes just doesn't really compare in terms of a play quality standpoint. So I think we're going to see Lamar get up there pretty high in ownership across the board. What do you think about that? I mean, are we, are we projecting this wrong or is this really what we're going to see from the people? It's what we're going to see. And if you use any projection source, um, RGs or anybody else's, like it's just telling you to jam Lamar in, uh, which I think is interesting. Like tournaments, I think people will be able to get away from that pretty easily. They'll see Lamar. Um, but I do think it makes for like an interesting cash game discussion just because I personally like, I know he's more expensive, but I love Patrick Mahomes this week. And I think he is just an awesome, awesome play. I think they're going to throw the ball 80% of their, I mean, like they're, they're not going to hand the ball off um, with this matchup and with the backup running back, uh, Darrell Williams. And so like, if you have a read that Mahomes is a significantly better play than Jackson, which I kind of do, I know projections aren't going to tell you that, but I kind of do. I think it would be an interesting week or is an interesting week to not necessarily take advantage of that in, ca- in uh, tournaments, but potentially use that in cash games or three mans. Because I think in that three man in three man lobbies, you'll see a lot of, again, Lamar Jackson is kind of the guy that's being played. Uh, but I like Mahomes a lot this week. 
I wouldn't call it significantly better, but in our last edit, we do have Mahomes like a couple of decimal points higher than Jackson in our predictions here. But I think, again, you're going to see it pretty close across the industry here. And those are the two guys, right? If you can afford it, you're going to go ahead and get there. And I think there's some good ways to afford it this week. So I expect popularity on both guys. I think Mahomes will be a clear step down in terms of the number of permanent rosters that will be including him. But um, it, it could get dicey because, once, like I said, once you get past those guys, like where are we going? Where are we looking at as the next chalkiest guys? I mean, I have three guys basically who I could see being even remotely popular. And this is a shorter slate. And that's a little confusing to me. You know, I think Stafford, because, you know, you've got the, the guys who have just been collecting all the targets that you can pair together. And, you know, the, even the running back's been uh, pretty useful uh, these days out there in Los Angeles. So I think Stafford will be owned. I think Heineke is too cheap uh, as r- relative to his stacking partners. You got a cheap tight end. You got one of the most consolidated wide receiver one shares coming in there with the, uh, you know, with the, Washington passing game. So I think Heineke will be popular and then maybe Joe Burrow, but where else are we looking? I mean, are these, is that the end of popular quarterbacks this week? Like, what, like how, how do we spread this out better than we have it now? I don't know if you do. And I do think it will be a lot more concentrated than what we have seen so far this season. Um, when I was looking over pre-show these, this projected ownership, there was nothing that I think stood out in terms of, Hey, this guy's too high owned or this guy's too low owned. Um, I think you have a pretty good distribution here. Heineke, I think, will be the highest lower-priced guy uh, in, with that matchup in, uh, against Kansas City. And it's like I, I could see ownership spreading to potentially some of these other guys, but it, the, the problem is uh, Herbert, Prescott, Murray, who we all kind of have bunched together, they're just like – they're clearly worse plays than Lamar Jackson, right, at pretty much the exact same price point. And so I think that will hurt from an ownership perspective. I, I like these guys in, in, in tournaments for sure, especially at their projected ownership. But in terms of actually projecting that ownership to get past a certain point, I don't, I don't think you can do that. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I don't, I don't want to spoil the end of the show here as far as the low-owned QBs are concerned. But, I mean, once you get to 6% owned on a 10-game slate, I think you're in pretty good shape in terms of trying to keep your overall roster ownership in check and – trying to make sure that when you get out there into these big tournaments that you've got a pretty unique looking team. So I, I don't want to overanalyze the chalk this week at quarterback. Do you have any other final notes here as far as uh, things to, w- what do you love? Like, right. I mean, you love Mahomes. Is there anything else here that you just love? I mean, are you, are you, are you going to stand for Burrow against the lions? Where are we going? Like, give me one other guy besides Burrow <sighs> that you really think that you just want to, if you are going to play one of the chalkier guys, you're, you're going to put the flag down on these, on this guy. Go. If it's chalk, it's Mahomes. If it's not chalk, um, it's Dak Prescott for me. Okay. Yeah, and I, and I think he's he's not going to quite fall under, underneath the 5% mark. We'll see. New England's a pretty tough matchup, uh, and he has been low-volume Dak, right? We had, we saw yeah. we saw week one just YOLO Dak, and then now, we're, now, we're, now we've got like, uh, you know, we've got Andy Dalton Dak, which is not, not really my favorite way to see Dak. So hopefully they get that volume up summer somewhere along the lines in the next couple of weeks. All right, let's get into the running back position where you mentioned Han. I've got 54% right now. I think that, you know, if you want to say it's lower than that, that's fine. Convince me that there's a play somewhere between 5,800 and 6,500 that is just going to significantly eat away at Dak's ownership. And don't say Daryl Henderson, he's already got ownership. Yeah, there is, there is no one. Um, the thing that I, that stood out to me with with this this was the one position where I was like okay I I think you're high on somebody here. Uh, do you have a guess on, on who I think it is? 
Maybe Chuba. Yep. I think, yeah, see, I think you're thing, high on him. Yeah, the thing about Chuba is, though, he's actually a good play. Like, he got yeah. all the touches last week. Minnesota stinks on defense. I mean, I mean I'm going to say they stink, but they're, you know, they're certainly beatable, right? And they're, they get into these, these wild games. Like, you know, I, I, every time I think of a Minnesota game, like every other one seems like it's going to the moon. And, you know, I don't have them power rated very highly as a rushing defense. I, I don't know. Like, why Why are we not playing Chuba? I mean, it's 5.9, I guess, because of opportunity costs, right? You've got alternatives yep. in the area. but Yeah, and they, they sneakily released uh, Rodney Smith to another case for Hubbard there with, with passing down work. Like, I honestly, I, I, I was surprised and kind of frustrated because um, I do think Hubbard's a good play. I, I do think he'll become – he'll come in lower owned, and I would, I would give a decent amount of that ownership or, like, a few percentage points to Devontae Booker was the one that I saw that – we have pretty low owned here. Um, Who's playing Devonte Booker? I mean, when you've got look at all these guys. Okay, let's start with right. Hunt, right? Like, first of all, like we have Hunt projected as as if it was the back end of the stretch last year where Chubb was out, where he was playing 85, 90% of the snaps and getting all the touches. They have Dernish Johnson. They have Demetric Felton. Neither one of these guys projects like to demand the ball. So we're expecting Hunt to get the ball. And if you expect Hunt to get the ball, you project them in the 20s. If you project them in the 20s, then you're projecting them for like 40, 50% ownership. Khalil Herbert uh, was, you know, he was busy last week, even with Damian Williams available. Now he's out. He's 4.6. So get get ready for him to be chalk. Okay. Right. Forget the matchup. Like, there's, you know, he's just going to be on the field the whole game. Uh, Henderson, I mentioned on the Rams, you know, unfazable. You know, that matchup doesn't phase anyone. People are going to be clicking the draw Henderson button. So right now, I mean, look at all look at look at how good those three plays are, right? Value percentage, you know, ninety one percent, fifty five percent, sixty two percent. I mean, these are great plays. Uh, and I mean, we mentioned Hubbard, Daryl Williams, Jonathan Taylor, Dalvin Cook, Eckler. Like, how how are we getting to Devonte Booker? Like, how's he going to be on? That's what I that's what I want to know. Um, like I said, I would take most of it away from Hubbard and I'm not pushing, I'm not pushing Booker far. Like I'm, I'm pushing him probably to like the five, 6% range. Um, I'm not pushing him into double digits by any, any stretch. Uh, but I would, yeah, I would take the majority of it right away from Hubbard. Um, it'll be interesting. Dalvin cook, I think will, isn't a very interesting or intriguing option this week. Uh, let's see how many people trust that he's going to go back into a full workload. Um, so I, th- I think he's interesting. And I think Eckler is interesting too um, in terms of both a, a play in term- and also in terms of ownership percentage here. Uh, obviously it was awesome last week. Uh, I think I mentioned potentially on the show, I know I wrote about it. Like, he, like he's got to keep being super efficient on those goal line touches. Like the, the three touchdowns last week completely propelled his score uh, has been – okay as a runner obviously got his first 100 yard game two two games ago uh rushing uh so like he's he's an okay play but at this price point um it, it's tough to, for me to, to pay up 8k for for austin eckler jonathan taylor maybe uh, if you're gonna say hey let's move some of that hubbard ownership someplace i mean how is it not going to jonathan taylor against houston right this is a this is a spot like i mean you have first of all uh, the, the guy is like capable of, of, of big games 31 against Baltimore last week is probably as much proof as we need that this guy could go probably even higher than that in terms of an indoor single game performance. If he's given the opportunities, uh, what are the circumstances in which Indianapolis, let's say that any, they do have a lead 
that they go to somebody else. Like, I don't know, you name someone, they got a bunch of backs on their roster, name somebody else. Or is it just going to be the Taylor show? Like, why wouldn't it be the Taylor show this week? I, because they've shown that they want to get Marlon Mack involved for whatever reason, whether it be, you know, display him for trade, whatever it be. Um, and I think that would be the only wart that you would have on Jonathan Taylor, right? Like his, his days of 20 touches or, or whatever are probably over. Like game script would really have to go in his way um, to get him up to that mark, I think. Uh, and the other problem is like, yeah, I, that's perfect work for Mac is just to grind out a game too. If the Colts jump out to an early lead. So like that, that's the only wart I can find when I'm trying to talk myself into playing Jonathan Taylor in, in lineups is that, Marlon Mack is still hovering there, like not expecting it to happen. But if you saw Mack was inactive randomly tomorrow, <laughs> jam, jam Taylor in for sure. If we stop here, let's say at, at Eckler as like the chalkier plays, we'll save for anyone else. We can talk about a little bit later in the show, but just the number the you know, when you talk about the top eight guys here, can you see any way if you play two of them, if you play three of them, if you play three of them, obviously more likely than two, but. Like, like, how are we really expecting that the like no combination of two or three of those guys is going to be good enough in tournaments? Like, I have a problem looking at ownership this week as a factor here at running back, just because I think the quality of the play here is really high. Maybe I'm wrong, but I'd like to hear your point of view on that. I think the quality of play is really high on Kareem Hunt. And I think that's kind of where it stops. Like, I, th I think these guys are all good plays for sure. Um, but I think you could find reasons to fade at their projected ownership. Uh, Khalil Herbert was the reason why I didn't want to play the chalk Damian Williams last week. And Damian Williams got a touchdown to kind of salvage his day. But my concerns were, you know, bore out. And the fact that Herbert saw a lot of touches, they, they split running back duties pretty much evenly. Um now, there's not a whole lot behind Herbert now on the Bears roster, um, but the biggest issue here could be, you know, they find themselves in a negative game script. Um, he just doesn't get a lot of touches. Would be like Herbert's thing. Pretty much the exact same scenario. Well, not necessarily the same scenario because I expect Kansas City to be playing with a lead, but kind of same issue with uh, Darrell Williams. Like, yes, I know he ran a lot of routes last week. Um, he's, not a, he's not a zero as a pass catcher, so he does have some outs there, but – I just really expect them to throw the ball just so much. Like there's no reason to run into Washington's best strength, which is the rush defense. They've been getting torn apart in the secondary. I don't like Kansas city's sharp. They're not just going to run Williams. Um, so yes, I, like I, I do think some of this chalk is, is definitely fadeable. Maybe, maybe Jarek McKinnon will unearth from the grave one more time. He probably see he's, he's totally good. Like you can't play a guy like that. Right. Cause the odds of it hitting are so, so far out there. But wouldn't surprise you if Jarek McKinnon caught six balls and, and scored a touchdown. No, not at all. Same for JD McKissick. Now on, so look at this prop here for Herbert, right? Like 71 and a half yards is that's sizable, right? Yep. Now you probably won't find 71 and a half yards for Herbert over on Thrive Fantasy because that's really where you're only going to find probably the best of the best. So you don't have to spend like all your waking hours. I know, I know you got stuff to do out there. You got baseball you were you were taking kids to baseball games this summer i mean what's what's going on in the fall like like what are we busy doing in the fall that we can't be researching cleo herbert's for prop purposes what, what are we, what's going on title uh just got back from three soccer games yeah soccer games right you guys are busy you've got kids soccer games to go to 
you do not want to be spending your time figuring out if over under 71 and a half for Khalil Herbert is the prop you need to play on Thrive Fantasy. But they are doing you a favor. They are only doing the best of the best, 20 players each week, top tier athletes, biggest impacts on the game. You're going to choose 10 of those guys uh, of the 20 available, and you're going to build like a DFS lineup of props. Uh, each prop is going to be assigned a value for the over and the under based on how likely it is to hit. You get to hit the most of those bad boys, and you are going to win your share of the prize pool. Get over there and use promo code GRINDERS when you sign up. You'll receive 100% instant first deposit bonus up to 250 bucks plus entry into their free uh, contest for the week. Uh, go ahead and download the Thrive Fantasy app from the App Store or the Play Store. Visit their website, thrivefantasy.com. Sign up, prop up today. Now, speaking of prop up, we are going to need to prop up our lineups with some decent wide receiver play this week. After all those great running backs, uh, we may not have the money to get to Devontae Adams as much as we would like Tuttle. So talk about that. I mean, how, how are we going to – this guy is getting a share of targets on this team that everyone knows it's coming. The defensive coordinators, they it's not surprising them anymore. They know 35% of the throws are going to Devontae Adams. Why can't they stop this guy? And are you going to play him as a result? Uh, yes, I will 100% keep playing him. Um, I do not know why they can't stop this guy. He's so good. They really don't have any other passing game weapon which is kind of crazy to, to see him sustain. Um, I will say like on a slate like this complete, like he's not a guy that I'm hundred percent jamming in uh, a little bit easier to fit on, fit in on FanDuel than DraftKings. Um, so like, yes, he's an awesome play. Probably not going to have a, a ton of him uh, just because of how lineup construction is working this week. And you kind of alluded to it. Um, so, yeah, I like the, the high priced guy that I'm most interested in this week is Tyree kill. I mentioned my love for Kansas city already, it'll be interesting to see where his ownership comes in. We haven't projected at 11.8%. Um, like I've seen legit people being scared of his quad injury. Like, like I, th I feel that's a legit concern out there. And I, I honestly don't know if it is a legit concern, but if, if the, the census or the, the general public is reacting that it is a concern and driving his ownership down, then I want to, I want to be all over him on this slate. Remember when he like broke his collarbone and it was like a life threatening injury and he like played like way too soon after that? Like this guy's not good. Like, I don't know. Like a like quad Tyreek Hill is still probably faster than everybody. So if he's if he's if he's available, I'm assuming he's available at something close to his full capacity because there's you know this guy has like when when have you remembered him getting on the field and not playing at whatever Tyreek Hill can do? Like I don't yeah. know, that's my question. I'm not afraid of that. Yeah, I'm not either. And like I think I'm almost. I have to look at uh, practice reports. I think he was a full participant in Friday's practice too, which is like, if that's the case, then I'm definitely not, not afraid at all. Yeah. So Adams and Hill are clearly awesome. Now they're separated by quite a ownership margin in my estimation. Yeah. And I, I think that's merited. I, I think, you know, there's just no questions about Devontae Adams whatsoever. And I think if you were trying to make a, you know, any, any kind of a correlation, with Devontae Adams, it's probably just a little bit cheaper to do than with Tyreek Hill. Um, the speaking of cheap, cheaper correlations, like the Bengals, like double stack is always affordably priced. And if you're running it back for anyone in Detroit, certainly it's not going to get highly expensive. But just even with Burrow, Higgins, and you know Jamar Chase, you're not going to be spending a ton of money. I think Higgins should be popular at five point three. Is this? 
this a mistake? I mean, am I, am I trusting the projections too much here? Um, no, I do think, and it's more just because that's where builds are driving, right? Or that's where lineup construction is driving people to spend is kind of in that 5K range. Uh, so you'll see a lot of T. Higgins. Pittman, I think, will get some decent ownership. Although T.Y. Hilton was activated from the list uh, or from IR. So we'll, we'll see if that affects um, Pittman's ownership. It shouldn't. I, I say that sarcastically. It should not at all. Um, but yeah, I, I think you'll see a lot of people on Higgins. I think you'll see a lot of people on Pittman and, and uh, Jacoby Myers too. It, exactly how you have it projected. We just, it's that, that price range is the easiest to, to spend at. Sterling Shepard's 5k and also started popping up here in terms of his construction uh, benefits here on the slate. Is, is that the way, is that another way people are going to try to piece it together or are they just going to go with, Hey, last week, Tony 600 more got me, you know, a million fantasy points. Is is, is this the way? Is, is it going to be Tony eclipsing Shepard here or no, or is no one playing the Giants? I mean, that's the other option, but I think, I think, you know, we need some ownership in this range and those are the guys that started picking it up. Yeah. Um, Shepard, I, like I saw him popping up in optimals towards the end of the week when he was cleared. I'm not sure he'll come in as chalk. Like he's, he's a good play and I understand it. I, I, think the most likely thing to happen if, if he doesn't hit these marks or Tony doesn't hit these marks, I think the most likely thing to happen is not that Shepard's ownership will go to Tony, but that people just won't play the giants, uh, which is yeah. basically what you said. Yeah. So a little bit more expensive. You got Robert Woods at 6.1 coming off uh, improved performances. Uh, Terry McLaurin is certainly going to be uh with a projection like this pretty, pretty well looked at. I think it's easy to double stack that, right? Like I, I, at least in terms of DraftKings roster construction on other sites, like for example, you don't need Sterling Shepard on any other site, even if you even need him on DraftKings. Uh, But on other sites, you know, we we don't need that kind of savings Uh, on, on DraftKings, you know, putting together Heineke and the tight end with Terry McLaren, you know, that's a pretty good double stack and guess who your bringbacks are going to be. You know, it's going to be, uh, well, you, well, you know, the guys are on Kansas city. So there's some pretty good players that you can use there. Uh, But about Amari Cooper at 6,000, he, he can't, I was reticent to leave his ownership high because I don't know that this game is going to be tremendously popular, but 6k is still pretty cheap for a pretty top tier wide receiver. Are people playing him? Yeah. Um, yeah, at this price, I think I think that's pretty accurate. I, I agree with you. I, th- I think in general, Dallas is going to go overlooked, which is why I actually like them a decent amount in tournaments. Um, but yeah, it, at six K, he'll he'll certainly and he, he we've seen it already. Like obviously, it's not as good of a matchup as what we've seen him in in the past weeks. But like volume has dropped down, it hasn't really affected projected ownership or his ownership that much. Like he, he he's still being heavily owned. Marquise Brown, of course, will be a popular choice to go with Lamar Jackson. Uh, Sutton has been displaying his talents on the field, and I think people are going to pick up on that at 6.2. We mentioned the cheap Bengals with Tyler Boyd. And then uh, we got to watch the news here because Mike Williams' status did not practice this week. Could help to skyrocket Keenan Allen up the board just a little bit more than he is right now. I'm not sure we'll see him mega chalk. I guess that remains to be seen. But – Certainly somebody who with just a little bit of extra target share could start creeping up in ownership more than we have right now. Anything else here that you want to mention in terms of popular wide receivers? Have we hit all the guys that we think are just going to be part of the bulk of 
like what, what I would call optimizer builds. Like when the optimizer is looking for someone, it's grabbing one of these guys. Uh, any, anybody else that we're missing here? The one that I that struck me as, as too low was Michael Harbin at 5.5%. Um, yeah. you, got the, you got the game stack factor there, which I think will drive him up. He's cheap. He's 4,200. Um, so I, he was the guy that, that struck out as probably a little bit too low. Um, I could see him creeping towards the double digits. Uh, but other than that, I can see no, Chase being Chase being low here at six point seven. I mean, I don't I don't know that it'll get a ton higher than this, but just because of the the kind of performances he's, he's been putting up, uh, yeah. have been merit, merit meritous of some of that recency bias. So, you know, you got the stud player bias multiplied by the recency bias, and maybe you get a little bit of artificially inflated ownership because of those factors. Not that he's not a particularly good option. It's just that uh, the price point six point seven doesn't tend to fit quite as many builds as. Uh, some of these other, you know, mid to low six, mid, mid five type price points. Okay. Let's get into the tight end position after we talk about the DFS OGs league. Now, what is the DFS OGs league you ask is where you can go and bring your skills to the, the, you know, the original uh, heroes of DFS, Head Chopper, Notorious, and Beer Makers fan. These guys are in a DFS league each week you can go ahead and kick their asses. Get onto the Roto-Grinders homepage, sign up and play against those guys, win your share of the prizes. Go ahead and do that right now. Okay. Problem I have with Ricky Seals-Jones at the top of my projected ownership is because it's Ricky Seals-Jones. You know, he has been getting uh, volume meritus of this kind of ownership based on his $3,000 price tag. However, you've also got Mark Andrews who just, like I saw, I, I, I couldn't even believe my eyes when I saw the fantasy point production from him last week. And then Kelsey, of course, at 7K, we haven't seen him this cheap in quite a while. So these are two stud players that could garner plenty of ownership. Is it right to have Ricky Seals Jones as the chalk just because of the roster construction considerations? Yes, 100%. I tried to poke holes in Ricky Seals chalk last week. Um, and it worked out like by him not having a great game, but the reality was his usage was amazing. Um, on the field, getting targets, 3K is way too cheap. Um, you mentioned it though, the, the point I've been trying to hammer home all week, These the ceiling price on these uh, top tier tight ends has dropped significantly from what we've typ typically seen. Uh, so Travis Kelsey has typically resided in the eight to 8.5K range on, on DraftKings. Uh, Darren Waller's typically been more expensive as well. And so I think it's an interesting week for, and it will be diluted even more now with all these, these cheap running backs coming out, but like double tight end builds are, I think in play this week, which is weird to say. And I, I know it's catching you by surprise a little bit, but like, if you think about Ricky Seals Jones and Travis Kelsey's wideouts at, at their price tags, there's no better three K wide receiver play than Ricky Seals Jones this week. There just isn't same for Travis Kelsey in that seven K range. He's like, he's one of the top plays in that seven K range. So as crazy as it sounds this week, like play Kelsey and Seals Jones is, is potentially a way to differentiate your otherwise chalky Kansas City stacks. Tight end position doesn't have as high of a th smash threshold uh, as some other positions, but, you know, Fant coming in at 4.8 is, is getting up there pretty high in that metric. And, uh, you know, remember Hunter Henry? Remember this guy? He's he's been he's been out there catching touchdowns in New England, and they don't really have anybody else. So uh, I don't. I'm not saying I'm not really endorsing Hunter Henry at this moment in time, but it just it it stood, it stood out to me as interesting that between the two guys, 
Janu and Henry. Uh, Henry's been the guy that's been emerging sooner than Janu. I thought they would have like bigger plans for him. It doesn't seem like that is the case so far. Okay, any other, any other notes here at chalk tight end? I mean, Jared Cook is 3.2, right? I mean, that's got to be at least like mildly entertaining. It's mildly entertaining. Yeah, exactly. This is what you said somebody I'm not going to play. This is what you always say about Jared Cook. Yeah, I yeah, that's that's about right though. I mean, that's like like Jared Cook is mildly interesting perpetually, but yep. <laughs> I mean, I think look, as far as I know, he's been a part of winning tournament lineups. So I've never played him when he won a tournament, <laughs> but. <laughs> Uh, this is definitely a situation where th- this this is a character uh, gets up here in the 19 range and then we're then we're in business right and we and he's done it within the last couple of weeks so not not someone to quickly dismiss even though you're not that excited about it let's talk defense uh, before we do like and subscribe the RG YouTube feed go ahead and get to the RG Daily Fantasy podcast feed on your podcast app of choice and go ahead and subscribe to that for the football feed get some good information each and every week from Roto Grinders. Uh, information, I'm sure, on defenses you'll find in that feed. And the Colts against Houston seems like a defense people want to play this week. Uh, can we afford it or do we have to go down? It's a little tough to afford. Um, but man, this is a bad week for defense, right? Like It, it is not good. Uh, so I, I do think it, it's rare where we see a, a, a uh, defense priced into the 3k range is projecting as the highest owned, uh, which is what we have this week. And I think it's hundred percent, right? Like it's just ugly. People aren't going to want to play the Ravens against the, uh, against the chargers. Ravens defense has been terrible. Um, but I agree with the, the distribution here. I, I do think these will be your most popular cheap defenses being the Ravens and the lions. Yeah. God, the lions looks weird, but it's 2.1. So, I mean, I, should be at least a decent number of pass plays in that game. Anytime you got a lot of passing volume or just volume in general, it's just more opportunities for the defense to accidentally fall upon one of the beneficial fantasy scoring situations. Uh, so that that's, you know, that's, again, that's uh, the lines of 2.1, not a, not a fun play, but should be pretty popular to say the least. Um, I don't have any strong takes here. I think on FanDuel insights of, of, of this nature, uh, you're going to see uh you know, some of the higher projected teams uh, coming up towards the top, like the Colts, uh, Rams, and the Packers. I think I, I think you can expect to see the Packers on, yeah. on, on those sites uh, check in here against, uh, no, you know, Justin Fields and the, and the Bears. But let's not waste any more time here. If you are looking for information on contrarian plays, you can find plenty of it at Road Grinders Premium, not just for the NFL season, but for the NBA season upcoming. Get over there, Road Grinders premium sign up for one of our packages get the combo package quite frankly and just get out there and you know do some work in nhl or college football total college football is nuts on the combo package i don't don't know if you're if you're looking at this stuff but it it makes my head spin how awesome they cover all all the great you know all the teams in in ncaa like i I can't follow it all like i I got too much else going on so get to rotor grinders premium get the cfe package get the combo package and Get out there and kick somebody's ass. Okay. Low owned place time, Tuttle. Quarterback. We realize that mostly every quarterback's low owned this week. Can you fade these really, really highly projected guys and get to somebody low? Are you doing it? And who's it going to be? Um, I think you can. And the guy I mentioned was Dak. I already mentioned him. He's the guy that I have written down here at 5%. Look, he's been good. He's been really, really good. The problem is he's just 
doesn't get the volume anymore because Zeke's awesome. Tony Pollard's awesome. This rushing attack, like they're, they're utilizing the rushing attack. Um, so basically the, the reasoning to play Dak is just to more or less hope that he falls into a volume game sooner or later, not a guarantee to ever happen, not a guarantee. This is the spot that it's going to happen. Uh, but I almost want some exposure to Dak every single week, just on the hopes that it, the game somehow turns into a volume game for him. We know that what will happen this week is pretty much exactly what happened last week. Doesn't that how it always works? Tuttle. Um, the, the, uh, the, the Browns game was out of control last week and yep. no one's playing Kyler Murray. So he's the most accurate passer in the league. He's got, you know, 40 fantasy point upside basically. Uh, let's go out there and try to find a way to get Kyler Murray in there at low ownership. That is not a, I don't think that's a hot take, right? That's, that's no. a pretty lukewarm ownership take, I think, but I think that's going to be the case. He's going to be lower owned. And I think that's the name of the game in some cases where we're trying to lower the overall lineup ownership of our team, Kyler Murray and stacking partners, decent way to do that. Who do you have at running back? Um, running back. I didn't quite go under the 5% threshold because um, I wanted to talk about somebody. We, we can raise it in the bye weeks just a little bit. All right. So this is the 8.6% threshold. Joe Mixon yeah, um, at 6,400. Like he is, he's a smash play and he's not going to get ownership just because everybody's going to be playing all these other running backs. Um, Samaje Pirine is on the COVID list, not going to play this week. Like remember when we got like 20 to 25 touch Mixon in the first couple of weeks of the season, that's most likely what we're going to see again in this spot. Um, so I, I love Joe Mixon this week. Yeah. Gun to my head, that was going to be my selection as well. Uh, I, I don't necessarily think that there are anybody else down here that's, that's really standing out to me. I mean, if Zeke was healthy, I think 3% would be just too low for him. But I, I don't know if we can trust that. Uh, Aaron Jones at 8%, same range, is certainly interesting. But the price tag is more expensive. Uh, so, you know, DeAndre Swift. I mean, for me, it's mixing out of these guys. But I'm just throwing out a couple of other names here that are under this lower own threshold who, if you're trying to get away from some of these better running back plays, which I don't know why you would be doing. I think these are good plays. Yep. Tuttle thinks that there's more volatility here than I'm seeing at the surface. And aside from Joe Mixon, you know, these other guys could be your longer shot dart throws. Okay. Wide receiver should be plenty of these. Give me the best one. Uh, best is not the word I would use. Odell Beckham. <laughs> Two percent projected ownership. Whoa, yeah, um, that's 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 interesting. Go ahead. So the thing is, I don't think you need to like. I think the talking point here for a lot of people saying Odell would be leverage off Kareem Hunt. You can play these two together. I, th I think that's completely fine. Um, just a buy low spot on Odell. Uh, I I do think though, like, man, two percent. Like he he was terrible last week. He was not good, but more so because of Baker two weeks ago. Um, the opportunity should be for him there for him in the passing game. And I do think it is possible. They don't have Chubb to, to run between the carries. I, I do think it's possible. They, they go with a little bit heavier of a pass rate than they have so far this season, which could mean more overall opportunities for Odell. So like, don't love it, but 2%, I, I can buy that. Yeah. I mean, look, I, I, I can understand it. It, I think it might be over for him. <laughs> but it's possible. You know, I, it's possible it's over him but like i mean you being over him in general doesn't mean he can't have a big game and especially if you know if we're talking about you know the stack that i've got here going with with kyler 
where you can find any number of Cardinals. I'll just say DeAndre Hopkins right now because he's projecting for extremely low ownership at the moment because of all the other expensive options that are existing on the slate. But yeah, so if, if I am going to make that that team, I mean, I'm not going to be able to, I mean, I can't play 50% on Kareem Hunt in that stack, right? Or, or can I? I mean, I, I mean, I guess you, you can do anything as long as you, you get the, the lineup uh, generally unique enough. Uh, and I'm not saying that I won't play Kareem Hunt in this spot, but uh, yeah, you're know, running back with Odell and DeAndre Hopkins. Yeah, you know, I might have to do it. I mean, I'm not going to love it, but I might have to do it. And you got another wide receiver that's low. I mean, there's plenty of them down here. Um, I mean, you mentioned Arizona. I, I, Rondell Moore was my terrible take of the week on the on the Swole cast. And it was more so just because I think it would go overlooked that he ran more routes than Christian Kirk for the first time last week uh, this season. So, like, he's starting to slowly expand into a bigger role. He had three rushing attack uh, attempts last week as well. Uh, slowly starting to get more involved in this kind of the gadget guy that we all expected. It's tough because it's still tough to envision him getting like 10 plus touches or something crazy like that. But he obviously has the explosiveness to, to break one. Uh, so I, I, I do question the the volume a, a little bit, but I still think he's, he's worth a shot or so at this, at this projected ownership. Yeah. Max Williams left on a cart too. So, you know, that's yep. one, one less reason to run out any kind of a t- heavy tight end set for them. They're, they, they're pretty heavy three wide receivers. Uh, last year, they were just running all kinds of four wide receivers. If they get into like a, they were, I think they led the league in that particular formation. If they start doing that again, look out for Rondell Moore. Um, you know, look, I don't think people are going to own Justin Jefferson here. Uh, this guy, is he one of those guys, Tuttle? Is he just one of the guys that he's just going to be able to do it no matter what? Like, I think that if, if I, I was skeptical of his rookie season, but I'm, becoming less skeptical by the week. So I think Justin Jefferson, if he's not going to be tremendously high owned, I'm not fully respecting the Carolina defense yet, even though they played uh, fairly well so far this season. And I, th- I do think that Jefferson is a guy, if he's going to be under, you know, six, per- six, 7% owned or something like that, then he could certainly get it done. If again, trying to pivot off whatever lineup you have with an expensive guy, because you can't play all expensive players, but if you are getting away from your Devonte Adams, Tyree kills, I think Justin Jefferson could be a guy that fits that bill. Okay. Tight ends. Anybody out there that seems particularly interesting to you? Um, not really. Uh, I will say again, to reiterate, I, I don't hate the double tight end builds, honestly, like this, which sounds crazy, but because of the pricing, I'm looking to, to take advantage of that as a way to get unique. The guys that I had written down Hunter Henry, right in that range that you already talked about, um, that was what stood out to me when looking at snap rates this past week. Uh, Johnny Smith ran, I think it was like six, six routes is it on 33 dropbacks or so compared to Hunter Henry's 22. Those guys were pretty much even to start the season. It's not to say that that won't trend back to, to a more even split, but if we're just going based on, on last week as an indication, Henry's an excellent play at that price point. Uh, Raiders probably, and I, I wouldn't call them in disarray, but certainly they're going to be playing, without their former head coach, uh, the player that we once knew from Darren Waller last season, not, you know, we're not up in the 27% target range anymore for Tuttle, but matchup extremely dissuading. No, no one, no one really loves to play guys against Denver right now, but at 6.6, no one's playing Waller, right? No. Like, I mean, I think that that's your, Hey, where's my parabolic upside for low ownership at tight end. I think it's probably Darren Waller. 
Folks, that is going to do it for the ownership report in week six. Best of luck in all of your contests. For Dan Gasper, I'm Chris Jamino. We'll be back again. Go win something. Thank you.